years ago, I was pastoring and started a church in Raleigh, North Carolina, and I was pastoring, and uh, Chris Moore walked in, and uh, the uh, he just, just came to just check it out, and then his wife came the next week, and then they were just an absolute, not just part of the church, and ended up uh, 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 leading the youth group and leading, I won't tell you all the antics that he did. He better not either. So, um, uh, and then leading worship for us. And then since then, he has pastored uh, in um, in Virginia Beach as well as in, in Dallas. And now he's in Houston and, and, and with an incredible church there. And uh, him and his family, so put their family up. But, but Chris and Alicia, they're dear, they're, that's their incredible family. <laughs> they, I love them so much. I love them so much. And more than anything, he is actually a part of our over... Uh, our, our ministry board that oversees everything that that we are here and, and particularly my heart and uh, our lives and so I, I love him I respect him and more than anything he has a word for us and so uh, come on Chris come on up let's welcome Chris thank you worship team let's give it up for the worship team our tech team <clears throat> Let's honor all of our volunteers. This takes an army of volunteers to make this work. Let's give it up for all of our volunteers. Appreciate every sacrifice that uh, everyone does. And I just want to say to Greg and Lisa uh, just how much we love you guys. Love being, what? My light on my phone. Maybe I wanted you to pay attention. Thank you. All right. So, thanks. Yes, yes, yes. We're so glad to, uh, I'm honored to be able to be here every time, and it's great to see uh, so many uh, friends that are here, and then also to be able to meet some of the new faces, uh, new people. Uh, it's great to meet you. I, uh, I just was threatened, I think. He said, I don't talk about any of the antics I used to do. Huh? I, I was uh, his antagonist uh, throughout the years and continue to be. I made a joke. God gave me a really good joke that uh, there's no vaccine for me, Greg, so you're stuck with me for life. Uh, so anyways, uh, my name is Chris Moore. We're from Houston. Um, so go Astros. If there's any Philly fans in here, my condolences for last night. I was grieving two nights ago, but I was celebrating. Joy came in the morning, so uh, it was a good night. So hopefully this will be a trend for things to come. We weren't beating on trash cans, if you're just wondering. We stopped that a few years back. So we've earned this one, and uh, so we hopefully will be able to finish it out. But I do feel like uh, God put something on my heart uh, that I want to share this morning. I hope that there is something in this message that speaks to your heart. Uh, that we all are in different seasons of our life and our walk when... Uh, and in our jobs, in our marriages, in our schooling, and we're just in different places. And it's amazing how God's Word can speak to every single person differently, but yet lead to His perfect will and purpose. And His perfect will and purpose is all about salvation, it's all about restoration, and it's all about making disciples for Christ, followers of Christ, if you are unfamiliar with that term. God wants a big family. God wants a big party in heaven, and everyone's invited. No matter how good you are, how bad you are, everyone is invited. No matter what your background is, no matter where you came from, no matter how you started, God wants to do something amazing in your life. And if he can use someone like me, 
if you really knew my story, you see me now, you're like, okay, yeah, he looks decent, you know, looks like he might have something put together. If you knew me before I became a Christian, then you, wouldn't un- then you would understand the weight of what I'm about to share. And um, I am an imperfect person. This church is full of imperfect people, but God loves us with a perfect love. God loves us with a love that we can't even give to our own kids. And I know we love our kids like crazy. I mean, we're, I, I just love my kids. You got to see my family. That was us. We went go-karting. And uh, my family loves to, to go beat and bang. That's our, that's our family therapy is beat and banging on the, on the racetrack. And, um, and we just, even in the midst of a church family, sometimes there's beating and banging going on. And sometimes we got to work through stuff. And there's challenges in life. And, and it's my goal and desire that today that God brings something that will help you. Not only today, that will help you tomorrow and it will help you the next time you're going through a storm. Maybe you're in a storm now, and you're like, man, I just got to get out of this storm. But maybe your life is good, and you're not in a storm. It's, it's Tampa Bay weather where you're sitting on the Clearwater Beach like we were this week, and it was amazing. But a storm does come, and we have to be prepared for it, and God will be there. So let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy. Thank you for your son, Jesus. I pray that you would speak to us. Use this imperfect person to deliver a message of hope, a message of promise, and ultimately a message of salvation. I thank you, Lord, that you know what each of us needs in this room, and you will meet us here. And no one has to leave without a touch from God. Move in this place in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen, amen. Turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter Six, Matthew uh, chapter 6. The title of today's message is Our Daily Bread. And then I like to always have, that's, that's like the religious uh, title. But I also have a, uh, an everyday title. It's called Give Us This Day, or uh, Give Us Our Daily Chick-fil-A. That's the unofficial title of this message. And yes, Chick-fil-A opened up for me today. Just so that I could get some, no, I'm already lying in church, Greg. I'm lying in the pulpit. Yeah, let me wipe it off. All right, we'll get back to it. Give us this day our Chick-fil-A. I'm going to talk about that, and you're going to be like, what does that have to do with anything in the Bible? But I will, I promise you, it will come back around. I want to welcome all of our uh, online guests. Uh, so great to have you guys online. Love to have you here in person, give you a high five, get to know you. We got a great group of people here of people full of faith and people that are ready to just love and serve you. So join us uh, each Sunday morning. And uh, if you're traveling abroad or things are going on, we're praying for you, for God to speak to you. God is not limited by physical space or time. Even if you're watching this three days from now, the Holy Spirit can move in your life. And I just pray that he does. All right, Matthew chapter 6. Jesus has uh, gathered people around, and he's doing some, a bit of teaching. And this is just one part of uh, a longer teaching that he's doing. And he is teaching the people how to pray. How many think that's a good thing? Sometimes we make prayer really, really complicated. We, we go, I don't know what to say. And I, when I talk with new people, I'll go, let's have a conversation. Tell me what's going on in your life, and what are the challenges, and what are, what's going right? And they start going off, and I go, guess what? Now tell God that. And that's called prayer. 
we can engage with him, we can talk with him, we can lift up our challenges, and we can lift up our praise. It's just like talking. And Jesus tries to bring it down and maybe give you some areas. He, you know, sometimes as a church, if we see a pattern, we're like, oh, this is the, this is the template. You can't go beyond the template. But Jesus is like, here, I'm going to give you some concepts. Run with this pattern, and it will help you. It says in verse 9, this, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. How great and how awesome is your name. We don't really go around how hallowed be your name, uh, Greg, but you're awesome, Greg. So you got it. We're giving reverence. We're giving praise. And uh, so hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread as we forgive our debts uh, and as, also, as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into, into temptation, but to deliver us from the evil one. As I mentioned today, we're going to focus on the give us, us uh, today our daily bread. We're going to focus on that as part of the scripture. Uh, today, um, in verse 11, it says, give us today our daily bread. The Passion Translation re, uh, translates it or re, uh, writes it as, we acknowledge you as our provider of all we need each day. I love that. It's not just, are we talking about bread? Because somebody might be gluten-free in here. And you're like, I can't eat any bread. Well, this is the bread that you everybody can eat. We don't have to worry about being gluten-free. And, uh, but this is the bread of, bread of life. But this is talking about God. We acknowledge you as our provider of all we need each day. And it's my desire that when we leave here today, no matter what you're going through and what you're facing and what your needs are, that you will leave here with a confidence that God is your provider and that he cares about your needs and he will help you work through whatever you're facing. I know this has been crazy times over the last couple of years and things have es- seemed to escalate in various different ways and uh, it's affected marriages, it's affected education, it's affected health, it's affected jobs, it's affected the economy. The economy is struggling a little bit right now and uh, depending on what industry you're in, you might be impacted. I know that there are for some of you, you might be facing health issues. You know, you're overcoming health issues. You're facing, you're going through health issues. Maybe you just got through a health challenges. Uh, for some, it's the economy and, and jobs. I know that my wife, uh, she works for a mortgage company, and right now she's survived five layoffs in the last, like, four months. And uh, so hopefully she'll continue to survive by the grace of God. But I told her, I said, look, at the end of the day, it's a disruption. But God is our provider. He's going to lead us to what we need. And if it happens, then you know what? We'll buckle up. We'll make changes in our life until God opens a fresh door. And it's challenging. It's easier to say that than, than do it, right? I mean, everything we say up here is just easy to just blow, spill out into the microphone. But to live it, we don't see the stress and pain that the disciples carry. We don't see the stress and pain. We don't feel it. We just read it. It's easy to read, but we, it's hard to feel what they, went, what they go through. They went through the same type of stuff, rejection and stress and fear and doubt as, as we do. And if God could take care of them, he, he's also going to take care of us. Some of us are dealing with marital troubles, financial struggle, uh, struggles. Got too many bills and not enough month. Got school challenges. My, my oldest is, is started college, and she's getting ready to move to a campus that's three hours away from me. So pray for me. I'm struggling. 
my little girl, who's not so little anymore, is moving away. And uh, I think I'm going to stop that. I think you guys have a right plan. You can just keep them at home. So I wish, no, we've been preparing them for this. It's just my turn for my transition to uh, see them continue to grow up. Um, people worried, you know, parents worried about their kids, uh, their future, and what's going to happen, you know, with, the, with all that's going on. There's still ripple effects of COVID in various aspects that people are, are dealing with. The, some are dealing with grief, going through loss over the past year or maybe something even recent. And we carry all these things that we carry and they become such a, a heavy, heavy burden. And sometimes we, we forget, you know, it's Sunday morning is, oh, it's all about spiritual things, but God's not really going to help me with my, my, my Monday through Friday. We think, oh, God has Sunday and it's great, but that's not helping me pay my bills, or that's not helping me with my health, or that's not helping me in my marriage. But I'm here to tell you that this scripture is actually a template for us. It's a reminder to put our eyes back on the patterns of God and the promises of God that will impact all of the realities that are around us. We don't have to face it alone. So I have a few faith declarations that we're going to toss in here for us. Just to, I like to have things that you can remember. They may be simple, but it's something that when you get stressed out, I hope a message like this will pop in your head and go, oh, yeah, I can do this. Here's the promise that I'm standing on. Verse 11 is, uh, tells us, you know, give us this day our daily bread. That's going to be our first declaration. When you have a need, remember verse 11, it says, give us our daily bread. We can go to God and ask him for things. Sometimes we don't even feel like we're worthy enough. And guess what? We're not. Just accept that fact. We are not. I know Greg and Lisa are the most holy people in this house. And I'm way down on the opposite end of the spectrum. God cares about their needs as much as he cares about my needs, as much as he cares about your needs. A title does not dictate priority in God. He died for you the same that he died for me, the same he died for Greg. Pastor Greg and Lisa need Jesus and salvation, the same that I need, the same that you need. We need him equally. And it's amazing how we, if we can just align ourselves with this thinking that I can boldly come before the throne of God and bring my petitions, bring my prayer, bring my needs, bring my praise. God wants us to engage with him, and he invites us to do that. We do, can do that when we understand, God, give us today our daily bread. Now, bread is just, is, again, it's just meeting your needs. Don't get lost in just the terminology. Give us what we need for today. And um, while Jesus was speaking on this, a story that would correlate, that would partner with this, is that back in the Old Testament, the Israelites were in bondage in Egypt. And God sent Moses to deliver them, to get them out of Egypt. And so we see a series of events that, that occur, miracles that occur uh, to, for God de demonstrating to the people that he is faithful, that he is going to be their provider. We see that he, he provided uh, a, sa a, a savior from Egypt. He provided Moses to, uh, to lead them out. He provided a way... Uh, through the Red Sea. Later on, he provides uh, clean water. They were in a place that was just dirty, nasty water, and he provides water. 
And then he provided later on uh, when they were in the middle of uh, the wilderness or the desert. Uh, imagine a group of people, and some, some estimates have said the population of Houston, Texas. The population is like the fifth largest city in America. So it's pretty big. And uh, we got a pretty good baseball team, if I might add. And so they take in the population of Texas, and they are uh, walking, and they estimate roughly, and this is just to give an illustration. I'm not going to say Pastor Greg will clean up any theological things I break down. Yeah, I love Pastor Greg because he makes, fixes all my messes. Um, it's like Houston walking to Dallas. That many people leaving a city and walking to Dallas. Number one, Houston would never walk to Dallas for any reason whatsoever. There is nothing valuable in Dallas whatsoever, especially those uh, Dallas convicts. <laughs> but that's an illustration. If you could put a picture in your head, because sometimes it's hard for us to imagine, oh, they're just walking across the field. No, they're not <laughs> There are, the only reason people leave Houston and go to Dallas is if there's a hurricane coming and they have to evacuate, and so they go to Gomorrah. So, sorry, Greg. That's true, actually, I'm not. But in this, imagine how much resources they would need to go. And, and maybe they left Israel because the Bible talks that, that people were just, the, the Egyptians were, I said they left Israel. Imagine when they left Egypt, the Egyptians were giving them food, giving them jewelry, giving them stuff as they were leaving. Like, please, just get out of here. You're you killing our vibe. Um, they left with a lot of resources, but those resources weren't enough to get them to the promised land. They had to, at one some point, stop living off of their own abilities their own resources, and start depending on the resources of God. If I live in my own strength, I'm going to get my own type of results. But when I live within God's resources, God's plan, I'm going to step into the fulfillment of what God has for me. How many would like a return from based off of your abilities versus God's abilities? How many would pick door number two? I pick door number two. I pick God's door all every every single time. So I'm just trying to paint a picture here. So now they're 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 they've run out of resources probably, or they're running low. Now they're they're starting to have issues and um, and they need food, practical. They need food, and God provides. God provides a way. And we have this picture here where he provides uh, what the Bible tells us is, uh, is this flaky substance. They call it manna in the morning. And then at night, they would provide, uh, there was quail. So in my messed up kind of mind, I picture they had some waffle fries. And then they had their Jesus chicken at night. So that's how I came up with the term, give us this day our Chick-fil-A. And then on top of that, it's even more biblical because the Bible tells us that God provided for six days and then on the seventh day, He didn't provide. He, they rested. It was their Sabbath. Chick-fil-A is only open six days and then there's seven days. So give us this day, our Chick-fil-A. When you start getting stressed out, just start thinking about this message. You can be like, okay, God's going to take care of me. God's going to provide for me. 
If he provided for them in, their process, in what they were doing, God's going to take care of what I need today. And it's amazing that when God provided the manna and the quail, they, he said, only take what you need for that day. He was trying to establish a pattern with them. I have you every single day. If they took more than what they were supposed to, because <laughs> we're, both, we're all human now, and if there's a little bit left over, let's get that doggy bag and let's just pull that in. Hey, I'm going to save a little bit of that. We tend to want to save for tomorrow, which isn't a bad thing. But in this particular case, God said, only take with what you need for the day. The fear of maybe I won't have enough. The fear of maybe he won't fail me. Maybe he hasn't failed me yet. But the fear of maybe it won't have enough for tomorrow. I have enough for today, but maybe I won't have enough for tomorrow. If they kept more than what they were supposed to, the Bible gives a very nasty description of what happened to that food. You can go study it for yourself. It's disgusting, actually. And uh, the, it would spoil, and it would have not, lots of nasty stuff. It wouldn't, they couldn't keep it. So they literally, God was teaching them how to depend on him day to day. Day to day. He gave them a vision for the promised land. So they had the long term, but God's saying, I am not, I'm not just giving, I'm not just worried about your future. I'm worried about also your day to day. Day to day. So give us today our daily bread is our first, first faith declaration. The second is, God is my healer. God is my provider. God will never fail me. God will never fail me. And I love, uh, as we go further into Matthew chapter 6, again, God is here trying to establish these patterns into people's lives, these faith patterns that will, will help us grow and help us to be more in, in, in line with his word, and, and we'll see God move in a powerful way. In verse 25, it says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. Thank you, Jesus. I will not worry. Anybody not worry? Do I have uh, over-worriers in here? Do I have over-worriers in here? Oh, the over-worriers are like this. Do I have under-worriers? Anybody that doesn't worry all that much? Uh, oh, let's put it this way. Do I have overthinkers in the house? Okay, yeah, maybe I had to use the right term. Overthinkers. Do I have underthinkers? <laughs> That's me. <laughs> My wife is the, she thinks enough for the whole congregation. And worries. So God says, don't worry about your life. What you will eat or drink or about your body or what you will wear is not life more than food and the, and the body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. God's establishing day to day. I am your provider. Not just food. I am your provider for health. I am your provider for your marriage. I am your provider for your job. I am your provider day to day. And then he says this. I love it. Catch this. We are in a society that celebrates animals, and we should respect animals. We definitely should respect all that we're doing, but we should respect human life above everything because God says, are you not much more valuable are you not much more valuable than they when he was talking about the birds of the field? Respect our planet, but let's respect each other because we have more value. We have so much value. We would stop fighting if we, if we start valuing each other. 
God values us above all things. So if he provides for the animals and all of that, and how much more is he going to provide for us? That's a fantastic promise to think about. Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? No. <laughs> and why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spend. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. And I'm going to jump down. It talks about don't worry about uh, so do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink? What shall we wear? Sounds like social media, right? We post all about what are we wearing today? What do we eat? Ooh, look at this. And sounds like Instagram. But it says, but seek first his kingdom and righteous, his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble on its own. Too many times we're hiding behind the mask of success. We hide behind the mask of whatever we post on social media because nobody posts the negatives. Well, rarely do people post. You know, you're not going to go on my, in, on my Facebook and hear me find me complaining about things. That's just not going to happen. You're going to see my vacation uh, that we took uh, on the cruise. Yeah? You're going to see... Uh, that uh, we did some cool things at church. You're going to see some really cool things of, at that. You're going to go, and then you might find some pictures of us going to Cancun. We got the blessed to do that. And, and if you just look at those things, you're going to go, wow, look at his life. It's so cool. One of the cool things that I have a picture, beautiful picture of me and my wife, one of my favorite pictures. I have it on, on my, on my um, desktop at, at work. And I shared it when, with somebody. I said, look at this picture. It's amazing. And then I went, I wish I had brought it here. That would have been awesome. I said, look at this picture. Look how amazing this picture is. And then I said, my wife and I had one of the biggest fights that we ever had less than five minutes before that picture. And how many times we come to church with our church face on? <laughs> oh, man, we're so blessed and highly favored. Oh, Greg, I'm just like, everything's great. <laughs> I love Jesus, but I want to slap my husband. I want to not, you know, I want to do this. I want to, I, we have fights. We have struggles. We come in, and we're not real. We're like, okay, I got to be fake here. I got to have my Christian face on. It lends itself into leaning on our own strength rather than leaning on God's strength. Instead of coming and going, hey, you know, there's... I'm sure if you ever need prayer, these guys are here for you. You don't have to be fake in this house. You don't have to be perfect to be in this house. You don't have to be fake with God either. And you don't have to be perfect with God either. No matter where you are in your walk, God wants the real you, the ugly you, the best looking you, any, all, all of you. He wants all of you, the, the, your best strength and on your best day and on your worst day. He wants all of you. God is your provider. God is my healer. God is my provider. God will never fail me. He is wanting to remind us that he is going to be with us from day to day. Day to day. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us our Chick-fil-A. Whatever will help you remember that God is there for you. He cares about you and he is going to move in your life. 
And the last thing I want to remind us of is that not only does God deal with the things, with the temporary things, he wants to deal with our eternal, our eternal matters. He wants to deal with our eternity. He doesn't, and there's, that's, it's a partnership. Because some people, they were like, okay, I need God to help me get through this now. God, I will change my life. I will never do this again. How many have ever made that deal with God? You've gotten so much, like, you're like, I will never do this again, God, if you will change this. I think I've done that a couple of times. But God not only wants to deal with the here and now, God wants us to set us up for eternity. God wants to do both. Some worry about the here and now, and then some go, hey, as long as I got my fire insurance, then I'll just live however I want. God wants to be in both worlds, both sides of eternity with you. And uh, so the last faith declaration is I want us to remind ourselves, maybe for the first time, or maybe just to keep us in, our, in the thoughts of our mind, is that God is my forgiver. And when God is my forgiver, God is my restorer. And God is my savior. For some of you here today, knowing God or trusting God is something you might be struggling with. Some may feel like you're not worthy of God's love. None of us are worthy. I think I already established that earlier. Well, none of us are worthy, but God loves us anyways. You know, um, how, many, how many parents do I have in the building? All right. Is your name Matt? Right. And I think I met, Pris- is it Priscilla? Priscilla. How old is she? Almost a year. Is that your first job? Fourth, okay, fourth, okay. Uh, I didn't know. But she is, she does things. All of our kids do things, right? We have kids that we, they mess up. They fall short. Do you love them any less? Sometimes they don't feel like, my kids, especially as they get older, they're like, they, they won't come to me with something problems. They're like, dad's going to get mad. I'm like, well, yes, I am. But I care more about what's happening to you and through you than that situation. I need to know. Sometimes in our insecurities, we won't go to God because we're fearful of how he thinks of us. Or that we prejudge and say we're not worthy, which is true. But he makes us worthy because of the cross. He makes us worthy because of what Jesus did. He makes us worthy through salvation. And, he, and, in the, and you don't ever have to even, you may never ever feel worthy. But that doesn't, how you feel never changes how God loves you. I love my kids and they can't change it. Whether they like me or, that, or not. There are some days my teenagers don't like me. That's okay. I'm still their dad. And I still love them. And I'm still going to be working for their best. I'm still going to be trying to set them up for success. And that's how God loves us with an even more perfect love. The Bible tells us as if, how can, if you as an imperfect person can love your child or give to them what they ask, how much more then will God give to us? How much more? If we can love as imperfect people and live uh, and serve God, or, uh, love our kids, with, as imperfect people, how much more will our perfect God love and serve us? God is my forgiver. If you need forgiveness, please just ask. You would forgive your kids. You would do it. I mean, it's a pattern, right? God forgives us when we, when we deserve it and when we don't. 
It's not about our feelings. God is my restorer. When we mess up, because inevitably we're all going to mess up even after we become a Christian, we're going to mess up. We just go back, God, I did it again. I pulled up Britney Spears. I did it again. Please forgive me. And he goes, all right. Then he starts his restoration path. Let me, let's get back. Let's get going. Let's get back on the plan. And he is your savior. So let me just share this this last few thoughts just to help everyone get on the same page. I love just bringing everybody to the same page at the very end of just remembering, hey, we all fall short. No matter where you're at in your life, you may not feel like you're worthy of God's love or his salvation or his forgiveness. None of us do, but he still loves us anyways. We all fall short of his standards and expectations. No one can live a good enough life for God. The Bible teaches us the punishment of sin is death. Jesus paid that death for you and I so that we wouldn't have to. Despite our imperfection, God loved us so much that he sent Jesus, his only son, to live the perfect life that you and I could never live. He died on a cross in our place and took our punishment so we wouldn't have to, so we could be restored back to our Father in heaven. Jesus didn't die just for our sins. He rose again from the grave to show his ultimate authority over sin and death. The Bible tells us that if anyone would call on the name of the Lord, anyone, at any time, in any place, whether live and in person, or listening to a, on this on YouTube or Facebook, if anybody will call on the name of the Lord, you will be saved. So I want to just invite, extend an invitation. I heard you guys had a fantastic response last week, and uh, but we never want to uh, end a service without giving an opportunity for someone to just acknowledge, say, you know what? I need Jesus in my life. I was a messed up teenager dealing with depression, uh, suicidal attempts, drugs, everything, and my life was just a wreck. Wreck. My family wasn't religious. We never went to church. I was in my room, 17 years old, senior year in high school, stoned out of my mind. Probably was on the verge of death. And I had a God encounter. And I said, God... If you're real, you'll change my life. And from that moment on, February 7th, 1996, my life was never the same again. I didn't deserve it. I was the least deserving of all. But God saw me and said, yes, you're worth it. You were already worth it because I already paid the price. It was just time for me to understand that it was there for me all along. And no matter where you're at today, maybe for the very first time, maybe you've walked away and you just said, you know what, I've done too many things and gone my own way. Today is the day that you can ask God to come into your life and be number one. Every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. This is between you and God. If you say, Pastor Chris, would you include me in your prayer? I know I need Jesus in my life. Maybe for the very first time. I've never done this before, and I'm, I'm kind of nervous. That's all right. We're just going to pray a simple prayer. I'm not doing anything magical. We're not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you to the front. 
We're not going to make you publicly confess anything in front of the church. We're just, this is between you and God. Maybe you've, again, walked your own way and you've gotten distracted and, and you just haven't been following God like you know you should have been and you've been making other priorities, but today you want to draw a line in the sand and say, I'm coming back to you, God. I'm making you number one in my life. I need your forgiveness. I need to get back. I need to be restored. Then I want to pray for you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If, it's, if you want to be uh, led in a simple prayer, I want you to just lift your hand up high enough and long enough, and I just want to include you in this prayer. All across this room, we're just believing for hands that are going to go up. People by faith are going to pray and receive Jesus. So right now, one, two, three. If that's you, just respond. I see that hand. How many more? How many more? I see that hand. How many more? You can put it down if I acknowledge you. How many more would say, Pastor Chris, include me in that prayer right now? Awesome. The Bible says that anybody will call on the name of the Lord, they will be saved. So we're going to pray a simple prayer right now. It's a simple prayer, but it's a life-changing prayer. So what I'd, I'd like is everybody to repeat this with me, those that raised their hands, those that didn't. If you've prayed this prayer before, let this be a reminder of what God started in your life and what he promises to finish. Everyone repeat after me. Say, Dear Jesus, I open my life to you. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Forgive me of all my sins and all my failures. Help me to live for you every day for the rest of my life. Help me to learn what my purpose is and destiny is in you. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen, amen. Come on, can we celebrate today life change of what God has started and what he's going to do?